Hello guys, Abel here back with another video, a little bit untrimmed everywhere, so I beg for forgiveness for that, but the recording t-shirt is the same. So uh, today I'm going to be talking about my current diet, which uh, I've been on for four months. I was uh, mentioning it here and there, kind of just passingly, that I've been on this diet and by now I've lost approximately eight and a half kilos, something like that. So what is it, 18, 19 pounds? I'm fairly lean at this point, so I started off looking something like this and now I look something like this. And the diet is not over, so I have another maybe two months or so to go. So I want to get actually fairly lean. I don't have a set body weight or body fat percentage target in mind. I simply want to get so lean that the abs are visible without flexing them. Basically, that's the goal. And I'm not super far from that, but I still have another three, four kilograms to drop. So maybe seven, eight pounds, I would guess at least. So the main reason I want to talk about this diet is because given how lean I am at the moment and how much fat I lost and for how long the diet has been, I have to say that this has been the easiest diet that I have done for a very, very long time. And that is because I'm doing quite a few things differently compared to how I was doing them before. And that's really what I want to get into here. Why that is the case? Why has this diet been so easy? And maybe you guys can actually learn something from this. So basically, I'm going to jump right in. And the first couple of things I'm going to mention are more big picture, kind of the overall approach I took for this whole diet. And for the end, I'm going to leave some of the more practical, concrete stuff. You know, what foods am I eating? What are my calories? What's my step count? Training volume? Because I know a lot of you guys like to hear about those things. Those are less interesting for me, so I tend to just skip over these. But I know that for you, it's a bigger deal. So I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm touching on that as well. So the first big difference compared to this diet and previous diets that I've done is that I was not rushing the process the least bit. I'm not rushing it now and I was not rushing it from the get-go. And this is something that I always had a tendency to do beforehand. And I would say that the main reason for that is that Anytime I was cutting, while of course I wanted to get lean and I was enjoying the fruits of my labor on that front, but anytime I was cutting, I was feeling a little bit almost guilty for doing it. I felt like, man, this is really not the best use of my time. I should focus on building muscle. I should be in a surplus. This is how I'm developing my physique and I'm just spinning my wheels here. And make no mistake, at the time, I think that was the right mindset to have. In fact, I would say that for most of you guys that are still in the earlier phases of your training career, you should not be spending most of your time pursuing remarkable levels of leanness. You're really building the most amount of muscle when you're in a surplus, or at the very least, not in a significant deficit. And you can significantly slow yourself down if you're spending too much time permacutting. So at the time, I think that was the right mindset to have. And I even had, I think I mentioned this on the channel before, but I had a separate column in the sheet where I was tracking my body weight, where I was literally counting the number of calorie deficit days in a given year. So whenever I saw that, okay, this year I already spent, you know, 80 days in a calorie deficit, I started to feel uneasy that man, like uh, this is really not the best use of my time. Now, my approach is actually very different. And the reason behind that is because 
I actually want to get lean because I actually want to stay lean. So I want to get to this level of leanness that I mentioned where the abs are visible without flexing, which is very lean for me. And I actually want to maintain that. It's almost scary to say that on camera because it kind of puts some ex extra pressure on me, but I try to not go there mentally. But really, I want to give this lean lifestyle a go. You know, this was kind of an itch in me that I just wanted to scratch for a long time. And I really feel like at this point, after being in this game for 10 years almost, and I would say I built up a fairly good physique and a decent amount of muscle, I feel like this is time for me to actually graduate to this next chapter of my life where I'm going to try to maintain a really impressive level of leanness, which for most people would not be, well, let's just say practical, feasible, maybe, or, you know, at least I really want to give this an honest go. I've been really impressed and inspired by these people like Jeff Cavalier or my buddy Ivan Gavranich, who was on this channel before, who stay super lean all the time. And make no mistake, I'm not going to get as lean, but I will be in shooting distance from that. At least with a sniper rifle, I will be in shooting distance from that. This doesn't mean that from now on, I will be appearing shirtless on my videos or that I will become this shredded influencer. Not at all. This is just something that means something to me. It doesn't have to mean anything to anyone else. It doesn't have to get me new subscribers or followers. It's really not important. This is just something that I want to do for now. And so my goal now is not what it was previously. I don't plan on going into a bulk, even a lean bulk, not even main gaining. I actually just want to maintain my level of leanness. Of course, it would be still nice to put on more size. If I can still put on muscle, that will be amazing. But if that doesn't happen at this point, that doesn't freak me out because as much as I like to be critical with myself and talk about genetics and all of these things and people think that I'm a super bitter person when it comes to this whole industry, I'm actually very happy with the physique that I was able to build up for myself. And so this is just something that I want to do for now. And since I actually want to stay there, I'm not rushing the process because what's the point of rushing somewhere where you actually want to stay? And this brings me to the next point, which is a big difference compared to previous cuts, is that I refused to become greedy throughout the process. And let me explain what I mean by that. This is just something that I thought about recently, because now I'm actually getting to the point where I'm getting pretty lean. I'm not shredded, definitely not shredded yet, but I'm much leaner than I was before. People are noticing around me that I'm leaner. And I would say that I can see the light of the end of the tunnel now. I'm not where I want to be eventually, but I can sort of see the end of the process. I can see it through, I can kind of picture how the final product is gonna look like. And usually, exactly at this point, is where I tended to get greedy beforehand. Something just kind of switched over in my brain and I just went, you know what? I'm pretty close to my end goal now, so let's just buckle down and make one last really hard push until I actually get there. So this meant, you know, slashing my calories, upping the cardio or the step count at least, and just really pedal to the metal, pushing super hard. And the thing is, if I'm being honest, it actually usually worked out. I got to my goal faster. Maybe I lost some extra lean body mass and muscle, which is actually stupid because if you're pushing so hard that you're actually losing muscle, that by definition means that you're imposing needless suffering and deprivation and a needlessly large calorie deficit on yourself, which doesn't result in more fat loss, just more muscle loss. So that's just stupid. But I did get to my goal fast. But that meant 
that at that dieted state, already being lean, already being on a diet for a long time, making that hard push just made me so disproportionately burnt out and diet fatigued by the time I actually got to my goal that I was just bound to have a rebound. You know, this is how I always ended up going off the rails, at least somewhat. I was better and worse at it at certain times, but to some extent that rebound phase after the diet was always there. And this is why, because pushing hard, making a final push or making a harder push is the last thing you should do when you're already very lean. Pushing hard, pushing aggressively is something you should do when you're nice and fat, fluffy, plenty of body fat stores left, which your body can tap into, minimal risk of muscle loss. That's where you should be pushing hard. When you're already super lean or at least getting there, that's the point where you should just smooth sail through the finish line. And that's exactly what I intend to do now. So, you know, I have three, four more kilos to go and I'm completely fine with the idea that it's going to take another two months even though probably if I pushed really hard, I could get it done in a month. So I could win an extra month, but that extra one month that you gain is preciously small if that means that you're just going to rebound super hard, go off the rails, gain a ton of body fat, and then it's going to take you an extra six months or 12 months until you feel again that you can actually commit to a diet. All right, so the next big difference in this diet compared to previous diets is that I refused, refused again, to flip my entire life on its head just because I'm dieting and just because I want to get lean. And if I'm being perfectly honest, this is always something that I had a tendency to do in previous diets. And this was by far the most pronounced during my previous diet when I actually got super shredded. And basically what I did at that time is at one point I said, you know what, I just want to finish this diet as efficiently as I can. I don't want to waste any time and I'm just going to eliminate anything that could get in the way. So I started isolating myself. I started saying no to any kind of social event, especially when it involved food or drinking, which it almost always does. At one point, I even traveled home to my home country, visited my parents just so that I could be away from people and I didn't have to deal with the stress of constantly declining invitations and all those kinds of things. And the thing with this kind of behavior is, well, first of all, I'm pretty sure that it's pretty messed up just listening to it. But the main thing with it is it's fine to do that for very brief periods. So if you have an extreme goal, you want to get ready for a physique competition or a photo shoot, and you have like, you know, two, maybe even three weeks left from your diet, maybe you're even doing some sodium manipulation and I don't know, testing your peaking protocol, and you just don't want to mess it up. So you know what, I just want to stay home, control my diet, I don't want to deal with annoying distractions you know what, it's justifiable. But I was doing all of those things way too early. Like I had two months left or maybe even more from my diet when I just said, you know what, pedal to the metal, I'm not dealing with any of this. You know, by the time the diet ended, I was doing this hermit-like lifestyle for two months or more, and I was just super deprived of any kind of proper social interactions, of any kind of deeper bonding with the people that are important to me. And, you know, again, this just increased the stress and the sense of deprivation and the diet fatigue. And again, no surprise that I went off the rails a little bit when the diet ended. So this time I was insistent on keeping my overall lifestyle as quote unquote normal as it could be. I basically wanted people to not even notice that I was dieting 
if it wasn't for the fact that my face was getting leaner and it was just obvious at a certain point. So to give you an idea, basically, I kept eating out once a week, basically every single week during the whole diet. I went to a restaurant, ate something tasty, definitely enjoyed myself, but I remained sensible. I even enjoyed some alcohol in moderation with my girlfriend, you know, one or maybe even two glasses of wine anywhere from one to three times a week. And of course, when I was preparing my meals, I made different food choices and I made sure that I'm in a deficit and I paid attention to all of these behaviors, but I didn't go into a completely different mode and I didn't flip my life on its head. And the reason for that is that, again, at the end of this, I want to maintain this body composition. So if I become super, super hardcore and I just change everything in my lifestyle, then you know what's going to happen when I'm done with the diet? I will feel lost once again. So I might as well use this time while I'm dieting as basically practice for how my life is going to have to look like when I'm actually there. And this is just something to keep in mind for yourself as well, guys, if you're doing a diet and after the diet, you're actually intending to stay lean or at least close to the level of leanness that you achieved is to always keep in mind the long, long term. So, you know, if you have an extreme goal, once again, if you're getting ready for a physique competition or a photo shoot, then it's fine to have some unsustainable strategies because most probably you're not intending on staying at 6% body fat. For most people, that's just not sustainable. But if your goal is to get to 10% body fat or 12% body fat and to actually maintain that, and the only way you can achieve that is by doing hours of cardio a day, never eating out, isolating yourself, then, you know, do you intend on doing that for the next year or even six months? No, of course not, right? And usually the answer to that is, well, no, no, I mean, I'm going to stop doing the cardio. I'm going to maintain my calorie balance in a different way. And of course, I'm going to eat out at that point. I'm just going to make sensible choices. And I'm like, okay, that's a great plan. But do you have any idea how that works, how you will be able to do that when you're 10% body fat? Like, do you know what sensible choices mean in a restaurant when you're 10% body fat? You have no idea how all of these things work. Like, you have zero experience with that. Like, are you just hoping that when you get there, then everything will change and you will come up with the magical solution about how to manage all of these things? That's a pretty bad plan if you ask me. So we might as well use this time as you're getting there as basically test runs or practice runs to just test the waters, see how that's going to be like. So basically that is exactly what I'm doing here. And whenever I caught myself having some obsessive thoughts, you know, obsessing over some irrelevant details, which I think to some extent is natural as you're getting leaner and leaner. So to give you an example, sometimes I would look at my phone and I would see that, okay, I have like 900 steps left to get to 12,000 steps today. 12,000, that's a nice round number. So maybe I could go for a short walk at like 10 p.m. And then I was thinking, okay, am I going to keep this behavior up for, I mean, let alone the next 10 years, but even the next six months? No way, <laughs> no way. Or let's say I was invited out for a lunch on a weekend and you know, I would have the inclination to give the answer that, ah, sorry, no, I mean, you know, I was really productive with my weight loss this week. I want to hit some new lows. I would rather just stay home. But then I'm thinking, man, it's too early to do this. I have two months left from this diet. You know, if I do it this week, then I'm going to do it probably next week as well and the week after. And probably I'm going to do that for the next two months as well. And I don't want to teach myself bad habits during this process because if I get too comfortable with these self-protective strategies, then once again, by the time the diet ends, 
that will be the only way that I know how to control things. So then when I want to switch to something more flexible, I will feel lost again, and the chances of going off the rails will be increased again. So this is why I refuse to become greedy. And I'm really looking at the long term, because once again, I intend this to be a longer term thing. All right, so a couple more practical stuff. A big difference in this diet compared to previous ones is that I made a really strong point in that I really didn't want to go into this vicious cycle zombie mode with my sleep and with my caffeine intake. And unfortunately, this is something I always had a tendency to do on previous diets. And well, I guess just to back up, I'm a really bad sleeper, not just now, I've always been a bad sleeper. This goes back to all the way when I was even a baby. My mother told this to me. I was a bad sleeper when I was a newborn, when I was three, when I was six years old. I can actually remember being a bad sleeper when I was 10, when I was 16, and I'm a bad sleeper today. And dieting doesn't help with that, that's for sure. But still, having the mindset that, you know what, I'm gonna sleep like shit anyway, so let's just live on caffeine and stimulants and tough it through the diet that way. That is the absolute last thing that you should do. Because really, so for example, what I did on my previous diet is at one point, my sleep was getting worse. And so I gradually started consuming more and more caffeine. So I went from maybe two cups of coffee a day to a cup of coffee, and then a monster and then eventually two monsters and then eventually three monsters. I mean, looking back, honestly, I'm surprised that on certain days, I didn't kill myself with the caffeine intake that I had. I mean, at a body weight of 77 kilos, I had days when I had 750 milligrams of caffeine. I mean, that is way excessive. And of course, what all of that resulted in is that the next night, I definitely couldn't sleep. I slept even worse because of that excessive caffeine use. And then I was even more tired the next day. I had an even bigger urge to abuse caffeine even more. And then I slept even worse. And I just got into this super vicious cycle. And I was basically chronically sleep deprived, very sleep deprived, wired on caffeine, still feeling like shit, still feeling like a zombie, but somehow I could move through space because I had so much stimulants in my system. And of course, I recognized at a certain point that I got into this vicious cycle, but I felt like I couldn't stop at that point because I was super dieted down and I just felt like, man, dropping caffeine now and going through the withdrawal period is just not something I can deal with now. So I just kept on doing this. And this is how I ended up going through this two or even maybe three month long process. And now where my sleep is still not great, it will never be, you know, these nine hours of uninterrupted high quality sleep, like that's never fucking gonna happen for me. <laughs> I don't know what would have to happen for that to happen to me. But my sleep is much better now than it was on this previous diet. And now when I get, you know, say six hours of sleep, and that was not great, I can tell how much that impacts me the next day. So to look back at that, and just imagining how bad I must have felt, is just brutal. And you know what the diet at that time felt unspeakably hard. And of course, to some extent, that's normal, because I was super lean. But I would say that at least 50% of that hardness was due to my sleep issues. I really think that if I could have at least gotten decent sleep, not great sleep, but at least not super shit sleep, the diet would have been 50% easier. So what I'm doing this time is I drastically reduce my caffeine intake from the get go, I have one cup of coffee in the morning, one or two hours after waking up. And that's it. I don't consume anything else after that. And I'm super strict with that. I don't even consume anything made of cacao. So no cocoa powder, no chocolate, even in the afternoon, 
No, I can have some of that in the morning, in the afternoon, evening, nothing. And when I'm buying these protein puddings, which come in different flavorings, it has the vanilla flavor, the caramel flavor, and it has a chocolate flavor. And I look at the ingredients and I see, okay, cacao, that's part of the ingredients. I'm not gonna have it. I don't know if that would impact my sleep, but I'm not gonna take a risk. And besides that, I'm very meticulous with my circadian rhythm control. So I try to get as much daylight during the day as possible. Actually, I'm gonna show you something. I actually just got this daylight lamp. It literally just came in the post today. So I'm going to be using this as well, just to make sure that I get even more intense bright light stimulation during the day. And then at night, I get as little blue light as I can. So I'm using these blue light blocking orange glasses. I'm taking magnesium and melatonin, and I'm actually using Fenibut, I'm using this every night as well, just to help me relax even more. So I'm very meticulous with my circadian rhythm control. I'm trying to eat my meals at the same times every single day, because I just really want to put all the stocks in my favor. I may st still have the nights when I get shitty sleep. For example, last night I got super shitty sleep just because of stress and things like that. But I don't want to make it any harder for myself than it needs to be. So that is definitely a big difference as well. Another kind of practical thing that I'm doing now is that I'm not using my strength training sessions as calorie burning. So on my previous diet, that was serious and I got very lean. At one point I was doing way more volume in the gym than what I could recover from. I was actually losing strength almost week to week, but I was like, man, I want to keep up the high volume because at least it will burn more calories. Now I'm definitely not doing that because that's stupid. So I'm only doing as much volume as what I can recover from. If you're curious, I'm doing around 12 sets for most muscle groups. Basically, I do less for arms, for traps, calves, I'm not training anymore, because no matter what I do, I have pretty good calves. And other than that, 12 sets for most muscle groups. And uh, this is not going to be the time when I'm going to be increasing my volume, because I'm not sure that I could be recovering from that. And this way, actually, my strength is maintaining perfectly. And actually, on many lifts, it even improves slightly. So definitely a different approach that I employed on the training front as well. And then for the end, a couple of practical stuff or concrete kind of numerical stuff, which I'm sure some of you will want to know. So I have three meals a day, I'm eating a bucket load of veggies. I'm eating some fruit, not as much now that I'm deeper into the diet. I'm eating a lot of lean protein. I'm having some fatty protein sources as well. I have salmon, some eggs here and there. That's how I'm getting my fats. I'm keeping fat pretty low because I feel like the diet is just more easily managed that way, but I don't want to keep it like super, super low. So I have some fatty protein sources during the day just to make sure that I'm not getting too hungry in between meals. And I'm actually not tracking my calories actively. I double checked it twice during the diet just to make sure that I'm not eating way more than I need to. So at one point I checked it, that was in the very beginning of the diet and my intake was around 3000. So I just uh, tweaked my diet a little bit to get it closer to 2700. At the time that was perfectly fine because I'm a pretty active person and I'm also I'm not a huge guy, but I'm also not a small guy. So that was a good intake for me at the time to drop weight fairly steadily. And now recently I double checked it again and just modified it a little bit so that I get closer to around 2400. And I'm still dropping fat at a pretty decent pace. So I'm losing around 0.5 to 0.7% of my body weight per week. I keep a step count, so I track it on my phone and my daily step target is around 12,000. 
for most of the diet so far, it was around the nine to 10,000 mark. Now I increased it just a little bit, nothing much, and I don't have to break my back to get this in. And just kind of one word on step counts. I think um, they are very useful. I think it's good to track. And my general recommendation is to only modify your step count as what is reasonably or feasibly practical with your lifestyle. So if you have to get up an hour earlier to, to just go for a giant walk, I would say don't do it because again, you're not going to keep doing that for the rest of your life. If you can modify your schedule a little bit, so maybe you can have a couple of breaks during work every hour or two, go for a five to 10 minute walk. That's amazing. Maybe you can actually walk to some places where you used to drive. If you can get in steps that way, that's amazing. But don't, again, just don't flip your life on its head just because you want to increase your step goals. And uh, let's see, did I miss out anything? I really don't think so. So this has been my diet so far. It's been by far the easiest diet that I had for the duration that it had, for the leanness that I have at the moment and for how much fat I lost. And um, I have another three, four more kilos to drop. It's gonna take another two months. And at that point, I'm probably gonna be doing another update on this. And uh, in the near future, I swear I'm gonna be doing one of these full day of eating videos because I kinda wanna show you how I'm systematizing things and how I'm actually making this work. It's really not that complicated. And uh, so that should be useful as well. Hey guys, just a brief interruption. I want to let you know that round two of my group coaching service has now opened up. In this coaching system, you will get a customized training and diet setup tailored for your needs, detailed guidance on training progression and diet management, and you will be able to interact with me and other members of the group, both in written format and on calls during the week. And for a limited time now, you can hop on a call with me and we can talk over your goals and see if you are a good fit for this. So if this sounds interesting to you, then check the link in the video or show description below and you can book a call with me. But if you would rather just send an email, you can also do that. Also check out the show description for that. All right, that's it. Let's continue with the show. Hey guys, Abel here back with another video. And in today's video, I want to give you a short update on my recent cut where I went down to about 9% body fat, pretty lean physique abs with no flexing, pretty aesthetic if I say so myself. And I did a video on this approximately six weeks ago where I outlined how I lost the first 22 pounds, about 10 kilograms of body fat, went down from 20 something, maybe 20, 22% body fat, all the way down to the low teens. And at the time I told you that I had about two months left. That time has now passed. It wasn't quite two months, but I got to my goal, which again was getting abs without flexing. Now, I gotta say that I was procrastinating over doing this video, and honestly, I could barely bring myself to do it because honestly, I was waiting for that cathartic feeling, like I'm gonna feel like it's a super big deal and I'm gonna be super fired up about talking about this. And honestly, I almost cannot be bothered because truth be told, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I pretty much told you the most important things in the last video, which is the diet was pretty easy. It was by far the easiest diet that I've done given how much weight I lost and how lean I've gotten. And that really hasn't changed in the last about six weeks or so. I simply kept on eating in a calorie deficit. I managed my lifestyle, my appetite. I never really had to suffer throughout the whole process that much. And that's amazing, but the end result of that is now I'm just sitting here, nothing special happened by the time I got to my goal. I just simply concluded that I am lean enough, 
So I added back in a few hundred calories and now I just moved on with my life. Honestly, that is pretty much it. In fact, I'm going to say that if there is one really, really big takeaway from this entire diet is that it really doesn't have to be that big of a deal. I really think that one of the reasons why dieting is so hard for many people, including me, why it was always so hard in the past, is because we just make this huge deal out of the entire process. No matter what happens, if we have a bad night of sleep, if we are low in energy, we feel lethargic, we are a bit moody on any given day, it has to be because we are dieting. One of the big lessons that I had to learn is that you will have better and worse days. You will have days when you sleep badly. You will have days when your mood is not so great, when your productivity is not that great. And it's going to happen irrespective of the fact whether or not you are eating in a calorie deficit or not. And that was the case for me. I had better and worse days. And honestly, the fact that I was dieting had little to do with it for the most part. So that's one good insight that I want to share with you right off the bat, that with the right outlook, with a solid structure and with a simple plan that you can simply follow, it just really doesn't have to be that big of a deal. Now that said, I want to share with you a couple of the main things which really made it possible for me to make this diet process so easy. And maybe just the first couple of differences that happened from the last video I did all the way up until recently where I ended my cut. Now, one thing that I do have to say, of course, is that even though the diet on the whole was very easy, it doesn't mean that it never got any harder over the course of the process. Of course it did. By the end of it, I was hungrier. I was more food focused and that is just natural. I'm not a magician or an airbender or whatever. I'm not going to violate the rules of nature and the rules of biology. Of course, as I was getting leaner, I did become more food focused and hungrier. That is just what happens as you get leaner. But I would say that I kept it under control very, very well. And there, the biggest lesson, the biggest takeaway, which I really think you have to take advantage of for your diets as well, is that I had a very solid structure and more importantly, I had a pretty solid meal plan. Now that doesn't mean that I ate the exact same foods in the exact same amounts every single day, but I would say, pretty close to that. So at one point, I tracked down my calories, I put together a simple meal plan out of that. This is something that I'm recommending to all my clients. There is no need to demonize meal plans. I know they have a very bad rep because in the past, coaches were giving out meal plans without any forethought. People were not using their critical thinking, zero flexibility. People put certain foods on the pedestal. No need to do that. However, I think there is a lot of value in not having to suffer from decision fatigue every single day because you know what you're going to do no matter what. And that's exactly what I did. So each day I knew what I'm going to eat for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, and I just did that throughout the whole process. I never had to second guess myself. I never had to measure things 1500 times every day. I didn't have to come up with some new creative plan over what my meals are going to be that day or what I can fit into my macros because I had that plan. And honestly, being able to just follow something without investing too much thought into it made the process that much easier. That is another kind of takeaway which I think will be useful for you to think about in the future as well is that the diet becoming stricter and you tightening up the rules is not there to make yourself suffer just for the sake of suffering. It's not there to appeal to your own neurosis, which I know a lot of us have a tendency to get into, especially when we are dieting, we tend to overthink things, we tend to get overly analytical. 
the diet becoming stricter and the rules becoming tighter is actually there to eliminate food focus, to reduce the diet stress. For me at a certain time, just being too flexible, freestyling things too much, actually would have made the diet much more difficult. So for me, having the kitchen scale, putting things on there, knowing exactly what I'm going to eat, and once again, having that meal plan actually made the whole process much, much easier. I would say that for the last six weeks or so was the point where I took the kitchen scale out. Up until that point, honestly, my relationship with calorie tracking and measuring was kind of at an in-between stage. So basically what I did is I tracked my calories down about once a month, which meant that I took a look at what I was eating and made an assessment. And I observed, okay, on average, I'm eating about 2,700 calories a day. This was maybe two, three months ago. At that point, I simply manipulated a couple of things in my diet and made sure that I'm eating roughly 2,400 calories from that point onwards. And so I just followed that plan for a while. Eventually, I noticed that the process slowed down a little bit. I was not dropping fat as linearly. So once again, a month later, I checked once again what I was eating. I realized that, okay, I'm still eating about 2,400 calories. Given my activity levels at the time, maybe it was a little bit more than I should have been eating. So again, manipulated a couple of things, took out some fattier protein sources, replaced them by leaner sources. I was eating a little bit too much whole fruits that are higher in calories, added in some berries instead. And so from then on, my calorie intake ended up being around 2200. And I did that for another month. Honestly, these were the simple, qualitative changes that I made for my diet. And of course, that ended up changing it in a quantitative way as well. That brings to mind one other important thing that I had to realize once again, and that is step counts, tracking your steps and trying to monitor your energy expenditure that way really works. And the reason I realized that is actually pretty simple is because basically I was eating the same exact number of calories this time as I was eating when I got ready for my photo shoot a year and a half ago, so in 2019 summer. And interestingly, now I weigh about seven kilograms more. I'm also not as lean as I was then. However, at that point, 2,200 calories got me just around 1% body weight loss per week. Now, being seven kilograms heavier, not being as lean, the same number of calories got me just around or below 0.5% body weight loss per week, which is good because I actually did want to lose weight slower and that's something I'm going to get to as well in a second. However, it really shows that higher step count does work. You burn more calories and you can diet on higher calories if you're going to do that. And in case you're wondering what these step counts are in these two timelines, at the time, my average step count was over 15,000 steps a day. I think there was one month where it was close to 18,000 steps on average. Now it was nine to 10,000 steps a day, which was, by the way, very sustainable, very easy to get in. Honestly, I didn't even have to worry about my steps day to day. I simply have a routine that I'm adhering to every day, which is, I'm getting up, I'm doing my things with work and just the regular daily chores that I have. I walk to the gym and back. I walk to a grocery store and back. In the gym, I walk 10 minutes before my training on the treadmill and 10 minutes after my training on the treadmill. 
that gets me roughly 10,000 steps every single day. I don't even have to look at my phone over the course of the day. I just know that as long as I'm doing these things, I'm gonna get my 10,000 steps. At the time, so back when I was doing my photo shoot, I had to go for walks intentionally, one or two times a day at least. I was getting up way earlier so I could still get a walk in while it's nice and sunny outside. It was kind of becoming a pain in the ass. So it was actually really nice that I didn't have to do it this time. And in general, I just didn't want my life to become a project of finding extra minutes and hours in the day to get in more walks. I didn't want my days to become about calorie burning. Now, I mentioned that I intentionally lost less weight per unit of time this time, and that was a huge game changer. Honestly, this is something that I always had a tendency to do, even though I knew better. This is something I never would have advised clients to do. Even friends who were into weight loss, I always would have said, look, as soon as you approach that 10% body fat mark, you gotta slow that weight loss down. I know you're hardcore, I know you have the willpower and the discipline and you can just starve to death if you need to just to rush the process. This is me, by the way. If need be, I'm just not going to eat. If that's gonna get me to my goal faster, I'm just going to freaking starve to death. And that's what I did the last time around. All the way to the end, I was losing close to 1% of my body weight per week. You just cannot do that when you're almost 7% body fat. But I did it because it just felt good to see those large drops on the scale. This time, I definitely didn't do that. Honestly, ever since I got a decent six pack, I was not losing anything over 0.5% per week. Many times it was actually under that. And the payoff was huge. I really feel like I retained so much more muscle this time. And looking back, honestly, I always wasted away a little bit too quickly during my diets. During my gaining phases, I managed to push myself up to a pretty nice, pretty decent level in terms of muscularity. Like I was big, I was close to 95 kilograms at one point and I still wasn't that fat. However, on the way down, my body weight just dropped so incredibly drastically fast and I always had a feeling that I could have retained more muscle and I could have been bigger at my leaner states as well. So looking back when I got to 7% body fat and I was at 76 kilos, at the time I had the feeling that man, probably I, I rushed the process a little bit too much. So maybe I could have been 77 and a half. Now looking back, honestly, I think I could have been close to 80 kilos when I got to that really lean physique. Because now, of course, I'm not as lean and probably there would have to be a disproportionately large drop in my body weight if I was to get to 7% body fat now, but I'm hovering between 83 and 84 kilos now. So I really think that if I was to push myself to 7% body fat now, I could be around 80 kilograms, which is a huge deal because that's four kilograms more than the last time around. And this is just a big lesson that we always learn from fitness models, from natural bodybuilders, that a large part of their physique improvement when they do bodybuilding shows or fitness competitions or photo shoots is not necessarily how much muscle they gained when they were bulking or focusing on building muscle, but how much extra muscle they retain as they're dieting down. So this made a huge difference for me this time as well. And honestly, if I had to summarize why this cut went so successfully compared to previous ones, 
is not so much because my knowledge base expanded so much. I mean, I hope to think that it did expand in these last year or so, but I really think that the biggest difference is just the gap that I closed between theoretical understanding and practical implementation. Now I actually did what I always preached and I didn't act as if just because I'm able, I'm a special snowflake and special rules apply to me. No, I am just a regular dude like you guys and I just have to adhere to rational sound decision making and the principles that apply to pretty much everybody. One other thing which I mentioned in the last update video on my cut is that I didn't flip my life on its head just because I was dieting, which I always had a tendency to do on previous cuts. So I didn't let my social life completely go to the shitter just because I was getting very lean which means that I went out to eat to a restaurant basically every single week. There was only one week in the final, final week of my cut where I just really didn't want to mess things up, where I asked my girlfriend if we could stay in and prepare some healthy lunch at home so that I can crush my macros for the day. And uh, she was amazing enough to say yes, which meant a lot to me. Other than that, honestly, it was remarkably normal. I made some changes on that over time as well. So early on, my going out social meals were something like some fried chicken fingers, some french fries, and a salad before that. So it was a pretty relaxed, a little bit indulgent, but very tasty, and I would say still reasonable meal that I had. Over time, I switched over to something like a salad, I asked the waiter of course to not put a shit ton of dressings on it and it was fries and a chicken steak. So I switched out the chicken fingers to a chicken steak and over time the french fries got replaced by grilled veggies. So I made some qualitative changes over time like that and that allowed me to not spike my calories too much on that given day. But for the most part these eating out meals kind of became my mini diet breaks within the diet. So I didn't do any refeeds or week-long diet breaks or anything like that, but I had these one-off days where I was like, you know what, if I can still be in a deficit today, that's great, but if not, if I go into maintenance mode for that day or maybe into a slight surplus, it's really not the end of the world, it's just one day. So what, it's going to slow down my fat loss phase by a tiny, tiny increment, who cares? And honestly, I really think that kind of practicing living normal life regularly throughout the diet made a huge difference because at the end of the diet, there was no rebound whatsoever, like zero. So I really felt like, man, I could continue this diet. Honestly, I could do it for another two months. It's just like, why would I? I got to my goal and there is something to be said for keeping the goal the goal. Another thing that made a huge difference in retaining more muscle, in fact, I'm pretty sure I didn't lose any muscle during the whole process, is I was not scared of letting my training volume drop as recovery got impaired, as it often will, as you're getting leaner and leaner. So I was progressing in strength really well throughout the whole process, basically. But there was one point where I started seeing some performance drops. And look, when you see that, okay, so far progress was good. And the only thing that changed is that I got leaner and I'm eating less food. That means that your recovery is just not there anymore, which means that with training volume, it should only go in one direction and that is downwards, okay? So if you're wondering about doing more training volume, doing anything fancy with your training, bringing up a lagging muscle group, 
that's not the time to do it, okay? You will do all of that once you're out of the diet, once you're bringing your calories up, once you're eating more and more food, that's the time to play around with higher volumes and with bringing up weak muscle groups. When you're dieting, the best you can hope for is that you're keeping up your performance, hopefully still making strength gains, but if evidently you're not recovering anymore, training volume is going down. And that's exactly what I did in my case. Earlier, I would have been scared to do it. I did some super dumb shit. For example, when I saw that strength was plateauing or regressing, I would do more sets to make up for the lack of strength progression. What was the end result of that? I just dug myself into an even deeper recovery hole, so things just got even worse. On the last cut that I did, so on my photo shoot diet, I mean, my chest press performance. So there is this plate loaded chest press in my gym. In the beginning of the cut, I think I was doing 110 kilos for 10 reps. By the end of the diet, I think I was doing 80 or 85 kilos for 10 reps, which is insane. Like there is no, absolutely no excuse to lose that much strength on a diet. This time I didn't lose strength on anything, anything. And on Romanian deadlifts, I actually got to my all-time strongest. By the way, I'm looking at my notes. I made some cheat sheet for myself here in case I'm forgetting everything. It looks like I addressed almost everything. There is one thing that I forgot to mention, and that is a huge key in my dieting success was staying distracted. So the worst thing that you can do on a diet is obsessing over the whole thing all day long. You know, having your MyFitnessPal, checking that 1500 times a day, watching other people's like diet videos and advice on cutting and contradictory takes from different experts and just driving yourself crazy. That is the bane of the dieting person, okay? The best thing you can do when you're dieting is set yourself on a plan, either designed by you or your coach, and just follow that to the end. And when you run into a problem, when progress is evidently stalling, then revisit the whole thing and make a small change that is going to get you on track once again. But second-guessing yourself and spending more time thinking about it than what is required is terrible. It's just going to burn you out. It's really not a good deal. So I really made a strong point in staying distracted, which is amazing because honestly, my productivity and work output was at its all-time highest during this whole diet. I was busier than ever with clients. I was very productive on that front. I got to work with a higher volume of clients than I did in previous times, and that kept me engaged. It absolutely distracted me from the process, and that's how I just had weeks when time just flew by and I looked up and I was like, man, I can't believe I made that much progress and I didn't even think about it. So find things that distract you. It doesn't just have to be your work, it can be other things. Luckily for me, the Champions League knockout phase just started in football, which is kind of my sport of obsession. That kept me engaged as well. I played with my Xbox and that kept me engaged. I was spending time with my girlfriend, that kept me engaged. So just find things that make you forget about the fact that you're dieting. So that was a huge key as well. And again, in previous diets, when I was dieting, I was dieting. You know, my entire life was about managing the diet. And that's just really not a good way to be. Honestly, if I had to mention one thing that was challenging is that there was one period when my sleep kind of went to shit. Honestly, I don't really know why because nothing really changed in my lifestyle. Stress levels weren't markedly higher. My diet wasn't that much more difficult than it was before. So I think it was just one of those kind of one-off things which happened to me 
during bulking, during cutting, during maintenance, whatever the nutritional phase is, sometimes I will just sleep badly. That happened this time as well. And during that time, I just became really, really tempted to up my caffeine dose a little bit. So I had um, one or two week stint where I started having an extra monster besides my cup of coffee in the morning. It was not a good idea. My sleep definitely got worse from doing that. So I quickly stopped. My workouts got a little bit more fun that way, but man, you just cannot compromise on sleep on a diet. Even though, yes, caffeine is appetite suppressing, Yes, it increases your attentional focus while you're dieting. It can make the process more pleasant in some ways. But if you're a slow metabolizer of caffeine like me and you cannot sleep and you cut down your number of sleeping hours by two, essentially in a way what you're doing is you're adding hungry dieting time to your diet. If you're awake two hours more every day during a diet, basically every week, you're adding 14 hours of hungry time to your diet. That's just really not a good deal. So all in all, that was pretty much it. I got to about 9% body fat. I'm very satisfied with the leanness that I achieved. The process was what it was, really not a big deal. And now I transitioned into maintenance, which I'm super, super excited about. So I'm just looking to maintain this body fat percentage from now on. Now that doesn't mean that every single day I'm going to eat the exact same number of calories. No, this means that I'm going to hover around this body composition. I'm gonna have days when I'm at higher calories and other days when I'm at lower calories. Probably I will have weeks when I will let myself go a little bit, then other weeks where I will tighten things up. That's the beauty of maintenance, you know? There is no pressure. I don't have to feel guilty for under eating a little bit because I'm not trying to optimize a lean gaining phase. I also don't have to feel super guilty if I'm overeating a little bit because there is no set deadline by which I have to get lean. Again, I don't have to worry about getting too fat on my gaining phase because right now this is not a gaining phase. This is a maintenance period. This is what I wanna do for the next couple of months. Maybe I'm not gonna do this forever. Eventually I will want to do a lean gaining phase again, but now I just want to maintain this nice lean body fat percentage and just see how life is like. So far it seems good, but you know, never say never or never say always or never say forever. So guys, that's pretty much it. That's my diet update. I hope you took some useful tidbits out of this and um, let me know if you have any questions, any inputs on this. Regardless, uh, subscribe for more videos like this, like the video, push the bell notification icon. And if you wanna be coached and mentored by me and uh, work together with me on a coach client basis, check out the show description below and then we can talk about it. Other than that, uh, guys, see you in the next video.